Welcome to the first edition of hopefully many of the Archie Digest. Uh, this is where we're going to be talking about Riverdale as often as possible because it's an awesome show. Uh, if you're listening to this now, you probably just finished the episode and you're like, where can I listen to people talking about this? I'm Craig Byrne from KSiteTV.com. You probably have read my stuff on other websites like Green Arrow TV and a million other Flash TV news, etc. And I'm joined by two much cooler people than I am. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Me? Uh, I'm, I am Chris Hainer. I write for Screener at ScreenerTV.com. And you can find my writing there and literally nowhere else. Just there. And, and I'm Russ Burlingame. Uh, I'm the senior staff writer at ComicBook.com. And, yeah, pretty much just there, too, uh, except when I do podcasts because we don't really do podcasts. And so I can kind of do that anywhere. Yeah. So what was your initial reaction upon seeing the Riverdale pilot? I'm going to let you go first, Russ, because I have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, I, I really dug it. Uh, I think at this point I've seen three slightly different cuts, or, or maybe it's two cuts and, and the one in the middle confused me. Um, <laughs> but, like, because I saw the Comic-Con version, and then I saw a version with you guys when we did our set visit. That's, that was a lot. It felt a lot different uh, than both the first and third time I watched the show. Um, yeah, I oh. Sorry. I kind of suspect that what we had seen in Vancouver might have been an earlier cut that they mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. Um, I know there were a few scenes that were different. There was a much longer scene with Archie and his dad that kind of was too long. And I think the whole bit with uh, Veronica's mom and the money was gone as well. Yeah. Well, so, if, if, unless I'm misremembering, didn't they also drop the Adderall reference from the cut we saw in Vancouver? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's back in. Yeah, because yeah. somebody asked after the fact if that was still part of the show, and, and whoever was there said, yes, it is. It's just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so spoiler alert for anybody who is listening after they've watched the show. Um, we haven't watched the version that actually went on television yet. So there's a 50-50 chance that, that the version we're talking about is slightly different from what you just saw. So the Archie and Mr. Weatherby makeout scene they saw, but we don't, right? Exactly. Okay. Don't do this to Mr. Weatherby. Kevin Smith started it. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, I, well, let's see. I have seen, I think I've seen three versions of the pilot. I said the first, the, the first one I saw was when we saw it in Vancouver. I saw it with you two. It was a flat out religious experience for me. I thought I was going to die. Uh, then I saw the comic con cut, which I enjoyed. And there's a different cut that CW released to the press for the television critics association that I watched. And I, th- I don't know if that's the one that's being used on air. I just don't know. But I love each and every... I've watched all of them more than... I'm, listen, I'll be honest. I've watched all of them more than once. I love them all. Yeah, and... This is great. None of us are in the CW Teenage Female Demo, which makes it kind of funny that we're all <laughs> talking about Archie Comics yeah. characters. I mean, we're all sitting around on... Uh, is it a Monday? No, it's a Tuesday night at like 10 o'clock at night, even later for you, talking about Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. I mean, Just some really. bros broing out about Riverdale, bro. See, that should be the title. <laughs> <laughs> but then we can't digest the individual episode. There you go. That's true. Well, Craig, what did you think about the pilot? Because you were there like... Well, I, like I, I gotta yeah. believe there's gotta be someone who's like, I thought it was fine. 
Yeah. Because there has to be something. But everyone I've talked to so far has really, really been into it. Well, you know, Laurel Brown, who has told me that if we do an extra long episode, it needs to be a double digest. So Ooh, shout out to her. Absolutely. She wasn't that big on it. Um, I admit the first time I saw it, which was before our Vancouver trip, mm-hmm. I was a little mixed about it. Like, I thought that, like, tonally, it was, like, very dark when it started, and then it got very light, and it got dark, and I didn't really appreciate that until the second or third time watching. Um, I thought the pilot itself felt very um, Dawson's Creek-ish, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but I found that the show um, maintained its identity very quickly, and the characters are fun. I mean, there are certain characters that I just liked immediately, even if I wasn't necessarily supposed to, it's like Cheryl Blossom is a horrible person, but I can't help but love her. Oh, she's for example, great. they're all yeah. Great. Yeah, actually, the, I think the character that surprised me the most was Veronica, just because as a person who has experience with the comics, Veronica is kind of awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, awful seems like a bit of a very correct stretch, but <laughs> very right. But yeah, so she uh, in the TV show. Um, and part of it is Camilla's performance. Part of it's just how the character's written, because I think she's a lot more nuanced here than she has been in most comic book iterations. But, like, she comes on, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I like that character. Um, I actually joked that, like, I tweeted at Archie Comics after, because uh, I, I saw this right after Comic-Con, I think, and I had picked up a Team Betty t-shirt. And I was like, damn it, now i got to get another one because of, of Camilla. Well, I mean, yeah, like, I was... I'm listen. I I'm assuming we all grew up reading old Archie comics where it was very, it was very simple and happy and just kind of there. And that's exactly what you wanted from it. But like in the, in the more recent Archie comics, there's edge to it. And I, I wasn't sure how I would feel about either of the girls. Like, obviously I've always been a Betty guy, which is weird. Cause I like brunettes, but I've always been a Betty guy. And I was really afraid I was going to go into something like, oh, no, I don't like any of these people. But they they won me over. And, and you mentioned Camilla especially. She's so good at making what would otherwise be very unlikable as super approachable and something you want to watch more of. But has she ever been to the Met Ball? <laughs> Not yet. That's the other thing. All these kids have no acting roles, no acting history, except for Cole Sprouse. The Um, fact that they're all so good, despite not really doing much of anything, I think is very cool. Hey, now, Lily Reinhardt was in Surviving Jack for like two weeks. That doesn't count. (laughs) I mean, real acting. And and KJ Apple was in that dog movie that nobody's going to go see. Oh, he has a terrible tattoo. (laughs) But I digress. (laughs) <laughs> you know, oh, and if you're listening to this, sorry about that. No, no, I mean, I apologize. I have a terrible tattoo as well. It's fine. We all, it all, it happens. <laughs> what were you saying, Craig? I think we said no. I think oh. we're good. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, all of the characters. I mean, I I think in a way, having things like Afterlife with Archie and the Mark Wade reboot kind of prepared us. For a TV series like this, because we yeah. saw a more, more modern take of the character. So it wasn't yeah. the shock of if you had picked up an Archie comic in 2005 and then saw this show now. Yeah, well, and I, and I feel like of the people, 
or of the reviews I've seen that aren't so into the show, a lot of them are like, well, this isn't the Archie I grew up with. And like, it's not, that's, that's the whole point. It's not going to be the Archie you grew up with. But at least it's not like every other comic book show on the air where, where the showrunners would respond to that with, but it takes time to get there because we have to build them up to that. Well, see, actually, there would be a brunette who shows up who's not actually Veronica. She has a different name because the real Veronica is going to show up later. Vicky. Like Grundy? I have no idea what you might be talking about. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, that kind of brings up the question. When did you first discover the Archie Comics characters yourself? Yourselves. Uh, I guess for me, uh, pretty much every comic book that I discovered was when I was a kid. From the time I was four until I was like 15 or 16, my dad ran like a little family owned grocery store in my hometown. And uh, like after preschool and after, you know, once we moved, like once I moved back in with my dad after school and high school, I would go there and like kind of hang out and wait for him to, to drive me home. And uh, a lot of that time was spent just pulling comics off of the like the little wire rack that said, Hey kids comics and had a picture of Archie and I want to say mighty mouse and Spider-Man. Um, and, and so I have no idea how old I was, but I, I can tell you that my first reading experience with these characters was definitely like off a wire rack sitting on the floor in the back, back room of a grocery store. I mean, my, yeah, my, oddly enough, mine also has to do with a small grocery, small local grocery store, not your dad's. We're in very different parts of the country, but uh, Archie, I'm pretty sure was the first comic I ever picked up. And it was the thing where it was always near, like my mother was a tabloid person growing up. She loved star and the inquirer and all that crap. And next to those was Archie. And I would, Definitely, every time we went grocery shopping, try to sneak Archie books into the shopping cart. Most of the time, she'd be like, why are you doing this? Please stop this. But once in a while, she'd be like, okay, you can have this. And I would read that. It was it was, it was was Archie and uh, Mickey Mouse comics. That For some reason, those were the two that the country club market in Stockton, California had next to the checkout stand. And I would, I would read them endlessly. I hope my sister's not listening to this because I would swipe my sister's Archie comics and read those. Um, she actually had the very first Archie digest and like some of those early, like Archie Andrews, where are you digest? I mean, this is like 1970s era stuff. The first Archie comic I bought for myself would have been around issue 390 or so. It was when Archie was in its 50th anniversary. So we can place that as 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was buying during that brief time where they first started to deal with continuity. They did a storyline where Jughead went monthly. Um, he got a mohawk and a skateboard for a short time. And it was right before Jellybean was born. So um, that's when I started getting into Archie Comics. I kind of dropped off for a while, but I admit, like, I would keep going back. Like, when they did the freshman year storyline, I thought that was really interesting, and I bought those issues. Um the introduction of Kevin Keller I bought, that was interesting to me. And, of course, Afterlife, the new stuff. I'm really liking Reggie and Me, by uh, written by Tom DeFalco. Good stuff. So You are so much more detailed in your answer. I'm like, 
Sorry. I tried to stake my mom by him at the <laughs> grocery store, and you're like, Archie, freshman year of high school. That's <laughs> when I did the thing. Well, well let me Which tell you. Like, way to have a memory. <laughs> uh, Craig, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts before? I mean, then I want to der- derail too much into the comics, but what are your thoughts about the fact that, like, two of the new Riverdale spinoff books are being narrated by dogs? <laughs> but one of the dog's names is Vader, and that makes it awesome. That's true. So. <laughs> uh, comics are fun. Yeah. But, um, comics are fun and weird. And, by the way, uh, when the Riverdale one-shot comes out, is that is that out before the premiere? Uh, let me check. I think it's actually... Is it out on Wednesday this week? Yeah, I think it's Wednesday this week. Uh, which because if you pick it up, there are spoilers for the show within. Are there? Is that what they gave us at TCA? Yeah. I haven't I, so, I looked you know what? the first few pages. Wrong about that then. I think that one comes out in, in mid-February. I think the one that comes out this week is a trade paperback that's like Road to Riverdale. Hmm. Um, okay, so... <laughs> what? A, okay. Like what a, picking, what picking a, up again. Okay. Yeah. Uh... With the information that we had in the pilot and nothing that we may have seen later, who do you think killed Jason Blossom? Oh. What, like, what was your thought after you had watched the pilot? My, my thought after I'd watched the pilot was that I, I didn't know who I thought did it. The only person I knew for a fact, well, I mean, you, you know that Archie didn't do it, but other than that. Um, uh, well, he did do it with Miss Grundy. Well, yes, but. <laughs> oh, we'll get but, there. Uh, <laughs> my my thing was that the only uh, the only person that I knew a hundred percent did not do it was uh, Cheryl, and that's because they so want you to believe in that premiere episode that she did yes. something. But see, that's exactly why I thought it must have been Cheryl because it seemed that obvious that I don't know. See, and that, uh, my, my thought was actually the same as Russ's. I was like. Oh, it's Cheryl, right? That means it's not Cheryl at all. Of course, it's not Cheryl. Like She's, a weird suicide pact or something. Also, if she if she shot her brother, you know what the worst alibi is? We went out for a boat ride in the middle of the night, and the boat tipped over, and he somehow wound up with a bullet in his head. I don't know. Yeah, like that. That's not how. That's not how covering your steps for a murder works. Clearly, I haven't murdered anybody. So, yeah. I, um, I don't know, man. I think. Everything we learned in the first in the first episode. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say it's Betty's mom, but Betty's mom seems capable of murder. That, Betty's mom is crazy cakes. She's that, nuts, man. That's kind of where my head's at now, and I I can't say with any real, um, I can't say with any real com- conviction whether that is something that I thought after seeing the pilot or whether that's something that I thought after seeing all of our interviews. Although at this point, I guess all of our interviews are public. So that's not really spoilery. I don't know. Oh, I see. I didn't, I don't even, I don't even, I, I remember so little of the interviews. Like as I'm put, I'm relearning stuff that we talked about back then as I'm putting things together, but like the, there's so just in the few, just in the interactions that Alice had with Betty, there was so much vitriol towards anybody who wasn't like her daughter. She just filled with so much rage And, justifiable rage to a degree because of what we learned about Paul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But man, there's a lot of hate in that woman. Well, you know, I interviewed Machen at um, TCA, the press recent press tour, and she was talking about this whole history between 
the Blossom family and the Coopers that we haven't really seen, even in the screeners that we've seen. So, you know, there is something deeper going on there that we don't know. I would like to think, as with any murder mystery, that whoever did it is somebody that we did see in the pilot. It's not going to be like we're going to find out it was Trula Twist later on or something like that. Um, What I do know is that we also had TCA interviews, and uh, Cole Sprouse said he wanted it to be Jughead because he thought that'd be funny. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how that would bode for the future of the show, but sure. It'd be funny if Jughead's the one that did it? More power to him. Like, honestly, that's the, the... That's... I mean, well, kind of the beauty of a well-constructed mystery is, like, we all have guesses. We're all probably wrong. Um, like, it was probably Prince Will Weatherby. But, hey, this is the CW, the show that had 90210, where their lead character, like, did a hit and run and killed somebody, and then she got away with it a year later. Oh, yeah, Shailene Grimes? Shanae Grimes. Shanae Grimes? I think it's Shailene Woodley. Yeah, no. I don't know those kids, man. It- I almost <laughs> wonder if they're coaching these actors to just all say that they want to be the killer. Because uh, if you remember, again, going back to the interviews we did on set, that was like the last answer that I think uh, Luke Perry gave was somebody asked him, you know, who do you, who do you want to have done it? And he said, I wanted to be me because I've never played that guy before. Maybe it's Smithers. Who? Do we see Smithers in the... Yes, we do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we do. When he welcomes them into their little penthouse. Oh, yeah. The butler. The butler did it. The butler usually did it, so, like, I, I'm okay. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the only thing that's really interesting, and, and again, this is, like, the, this plays into our screeners, but it's not going to spoil anything because everybody who's been paying attention to the show online knows that the, uh, the Southside Serpents play into future storylines. Yeah. And, and so, like, I'm... I want it to be somebody who you saw in the pilot for the same thing that that Craig has is that like you want that to always have been there a la the Veronica Mars reveal and all that. But I will say I won't fully commit to the idea that I'm pretty sure it's going to be somebody who was in the pilot because we do have this kind of story that we've from, from everything that we've heard uh, the South side serpents are going to be, are going to play a big role. Um, And, uh, and, and obviously you don't want to commit to, uh, oh yeah, it's probably Betty's mom. When there's literally like a group of criminals who are coming into the show in a few episodes. Here are two possibilities. Could it be Reggie? Wouldn't surprise me, honestly. But again, I think, Reggie. I think for me, um, like Reggie, there, there's basically only two reasons that I would think Reggie, and that one is the comics because he's just an asshole. Um, <laughs> well, to well, be fair, he's kind of an asshole on the show too. Well, what was it? Yeah. Cole Sprouse called him a fuckboy when we were there. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> but that was the other thing is that like uh, the, I don't think we see Reggie for more than like ten seconds in the pilot, so I didn't want to get into like what he does in future episodes that makes me feel like he's kind of an ass. And um, another possibility mm-hmm. is maybe it's Midge. Pissed off that her boyfriend's going up hooking out with hooking up with guys. Even though we don't have, do we see Midge at any point? Not in the pilot, no. I mean, I know we see Ethel eventually, but I don't know about yeah, that. Um, <laughs> Barb. Don't she's just going to disappear after episode three and yeah. never be seen again? In a pool. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like that, and I I like that. That's the thing. Whenever there's a, whenever there's a, especially a pilot that like hangs on like 
an over like a big mystery. Mm-hmm. I hate when I'm like, oh, of course it's this person. It's Leland Palmer. Yeah, like I, I <laughs> when I when I honestly don't know, I love it. Like that's that's how you know you've done a good job, right? Putting your mystery together and have it, and you know we're not talking about what happens in further episodes, but just as as I've watched each of, I think we have three, four four each of them. Who I think is the killer changes like roughly every five minutes. But it's also not the reason to watch the show. You love the no? character oh so God. much. That's just like a back burner thing. Well, it's, you love the character so much. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. It's beautifully well, shot. Like the cinematographer deserves awards because it's amazing looking. Yeah. Every like it's, for me, everything about it just sort of lines up to be like, oh no, it's as if it was created in a lab for me to enjoy. Yeah. No. I'll. I'll go with that and i mean i think it's at this point it's literally like every person who's talked about this show has compared it to twin peaks but it's it's a fair comparison in a lot of ways and not least of all is the thing that you guys are talking about which is that like yeah the hook of it is who killed jason blossom slash laura palmer but like by about episode two you're like uh, that, that that doesn't really like you could not resolve that mystery and it wouldn't lessen 80 percent of the show I am curious when we're going to see Alice Cooper working in the diner, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just for a minute talk about Miss Grundy? Okay. Because I am, like, I, I don't know about you gentlemen. From the jump, I get a very weird vibe from her when she pulls down her heart-shaped sunglasses to ask, are you like, what are you doing out here in the heat? I don't trust anyone who wears, like, novelty sunglasses. And that was a real, that was a real weird, I don't like her. I just took it as they were trying to invoke Lolita. Oh, they won 100%, which is weird because she's the old one and he's the young one. So it's, that's kind of an interesting little swap, but I, I, she's, it's like, it's weird. The whole teacher student thing never works for me in a show. And I'm always scared of shows going the route of like, oh. Like, well, Archie is 15, which makes it even creepier. I mean, we're yeah. to assume that he's like 15. Yeah, and the actress playing his teacher is, I believe, 30. Yeah. So she so would play a teenager on a different right now because I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> uh, Sarah Hable. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's she's great in the role, but I don't and I because I, I always get I always get iffy because uh, I don't I don't know if either of you gentlemen watch Pretty Little Liars. I I stopped after season two. I sure think it's on did. season nineteen now. But like <laughs> the whole show started with an affair between a teacher and his student. And now, again, I don't know for sure, but I think they're getting married. That's weird. Well that's like, how Dawson's like, Creek started too. Pacey yes, was with Miss like, Jacobs. Yeah, but then they got rid of Tomorrow, right? Yeah. Like, which was smart. Like because like that's not something that Points for knowing Miss Jacobs' first name. Thank you. But I, I, I look at Archie and Miss Grundy, Geraldine, this is not going to be something that lasts. It can't be. It doesn't make sense. And especially in a town where clearly secrets don't stay secret so in Riverdale. Do you think they're going to follow the comics, the Life with Archie comic, where uh, Miss Grundy and Mr. Weatherby get together? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Nah. <laughs> Listen, listen. I don't know what happens in like the teachers' lounge, except for when we were there. But yeah, well, yeah. okay. Can yeah. we please? Okay, so 
all of us went to set. Can we talk about the fact that they have that big ass lounge in the middle of the high school? Oh, the student lounge. The yeah. student lounge reminds oh me of a college campus. Yeah, which I don't think is actually in the pilot, is it? It is that I think the corner of it is where Josie and the Pussycats were. Oh, maybe that makes sense. I don't. It just it just pisses me off. <laughs> like my high school is so lame compared to the to Riverdale yeah. High. I don't. It it annoys me that like why do these kids? First of all, why aren't they in class? If I'm if I'm not if if it's school and like I don't have class, I'm just gonna leave. I don't want to be there. Even but they like, do but have they a have pretty like, awesome lounge. Yeah, they have like Barca loungers and like foosball and stuff. So like, I get why they want to be there, but come on, it's not realistic. But and especially when like they have a chocolate shop they can hang out at. I assume I assume that would be the place where all the kids congregate. To annoy each other. Well, we'll just know the show's been on too long when you find, like, a radio station behind the lockers in an episode or something. <laughs> Saved by the Man, bell reference. Saved by the bell. <laughs> K-K-T-Y, Bayside. I remember that. The Big Bopper Belding. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's just leave that one right on the table. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's wait for the Dennis Haskins cameo in Riverdale Season 3. No. <laughs> No, he can he can go, Miss Grundy. All of them. Hard pass. <laughs> all right, I couldn't not want something place. more. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got somebody from nine hundred two one zero. We need some more. Mark Paul Gossler will be jobless by next fall because oh, pitch won't get renewed. Pitch. Uh, okay, that was mean. That was mean. That was really mean because people love that show. I mean, I I, I really love the pilot. I, I never got it. to watch it. Um, anyway, tangent. I on the pilot. I, I dug the pilot, but I, I, I'm so fucking busy with the shows that I do cover. Well, yeah, pretty much. How about this? Speaking of weird relationships, how bizarre is the Jason and Cheryl relationship? I appreciated that. Like when again, it goes back to when we we're on set. Uh, Madeline, Flutter, like we've been calling it twin sets. Like no, yeah, that's what we've been calling it too. Yeah. <laughs> this is what this is how we've been describing the show. There is something so creepy about the way they look at each other. The way they look at each other, the way they like just the way just that whole opening scene and the music they play under it is like this weird sad romantic song. Like it's all very bizarre. Yeah, and I uh, I I can't remember the the name of the actor who plays Jason. Uh, Trevor Sinus, I think. Yeah. But clearly, like, he hasn't really been given much to do yet. He kind of looks creepily at his sister and then dies. Um, <laughs> so uh, are we going to see him in an Afterlife with Archie episode? I hope so. Zombie Jason. I mean, I, like, that's the thing. Like, there's, they can do an Afterlife with Archie. Like, they could do one-off, like, Halloween episodes. It would not be the craziest thing to happen in TV. They could do Archie 3000. I think if they do an Afterlife episode, um, it, like from the conceit of the show, it has to be Jason who's patient zero. Like I, I know in the comics it's Jughead, but like giving Jughead the ability to do his noir narration over the zombie apocalypse would be just a ton of fun. And meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. like, your whole show is set up around a dude who dies. Uh, why not have him come back? Well, okay. Well, that also opens the door for another question. Is this a world where you think we could ever see Sabrina? 
I think 100% they would introduce it. Like if it goes to season two, which let's be honest, it probably will. I definitely bet there's at least discussions on bringing Sabrina in. And honestly, they don't even have to bring her in as an actual witch. They could bring in like Sabrina, the Wiccan teenager who like dresses in dark clothes and like has white hair practices witchcraft. Like you can easily introduce a character like that into this world without going the supernatural route, though elements of that would be fun to see. Yeah, it, it would be a balancing act. Um, certainly, I think that, it, like, again, I agree. I think that they'll explore it if there's a season two, and I think there will be a season two, because I think this show is going to be red hot, at least for the first season. Um, I could totally see them, though, introducing her first in Afterlife so that she could actually be, like, the Sabrina everybody expects. And then, like, if everybody digs that, that actress, bringing her back as some kind of what Chris is saying, Riverdale version of the character. This is so like the conversation we're having about the Arrowverse four years ago when it's like, yeah, Barry Allen is going to introduce superpowers into this world. And... <laughs> uh, is it sad that I'm already way more into the Riverdale verse than the Arrowverse? Well, just wait till like, you know, the Shield and the Fly and Black Hood show up. I can't wait until Kiss comes to play a concert in Riverdale. And the Ramones. It's going to be the best. Oh, my God. They could cast someone to play the Ramones. Well, you know, it's interesting. Speaking of those crossovers, Roberto, the producer of Riverdale, didn't he write the Archie meets Glee? He did, yeah. And he wrote for Glee for a while. I never want to read that. It's That sounds like my nightmare. Like, it's actually kind of funny because they kind of point out the archetypes. All right. You know, how they're so much alike. Although it's kind of awkward to read now because Finn is alive and, you know, Corey Monteith, which is kind of unfortunate. But it's still, it was, if you think about it, it was kind of a brilliant outreach at the time when Glee was really popular to have Archie comics crossing over with it. Because it well, it would like let's be honest, like the world that Glee existed in, it would make sense that that would fit in sort of an Archie universe, an older Archie universe. Absolutely. Yeah, there there was one connection between the characters that I for, completely forgot, but it was really funny. Brittany's Jack- dog was a great singer. <laughs> I'm a hot, hot dog. Yeah, no, there was there was something. Brittany was like really dumb, and she thought, oh, she thought Dilton was Artie or something. I don't remember. I'm on a tangent, but it was interesting. I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing. I have not yeah. read that. I don't. I've not. I've seen. I think I've seen half an episode of Glee that aired after Super Bowl one year. Oh, that's that was a, a horrible episode of Glee. I, I saw the pilot because my wife was super into it back when we were dating, and then I like bought her season one, and I was like, "You can have this." Season one was not <laughs> bad. Sure, it wasn't. It wasn't as good as Riverdale, but, you know. Okay, here's the eternal question. We kind of discussed this a little bit earlier. Betty or Veronica? Yes! Oh, dude, let's do it. Okay. Oh, I don't even know anymore, man. Are you Team Betty or Team Veronica? I I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I was always Team Betty in the past, but, like, they're both, like, I, I get the draw of both of them. Mm-hmm. But remember, if you're with Betty, you have to deal with her mother. I know, but I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see what crazy Betty is like. Like, I can't wait for, like, off her Adderall, Betty. <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's, uh, I think for me, it's Veronica mostly just because, like I said, Camilla is so, like, perfect in the role, and she's so much more charming on TV than she is in the comics. And so my inner, like, 
dude who's into brunettes uh, is just like, okay, well, now, now Veronica works. Yeah. I Team get that. Cheryl. Cheryl Blossom? Because she's crazy. She, no, but she's like sociopath crazy. But there's that could be fun to a, watch. There's a difference between fun crazy Adderall and crazy. murder you crazy. Cheryl <laughs> is murder you sleep with my brother crazy. <laughs> okay. How do I, I, Josie. No, man. Josie. Oh, Josie's so great. She's adorable. Well, I think part of what works about Josie is Ashley. Yeah. Oh, You know, sure. since you bring that up, because, like, when we were interviewing her, were we, at, we were all, no, we weren't all at the same table, but either way. She sang at us. Yeah, she sang at us, too, but we're sitting there, and it's just, her tone of voice, even, just reminds me of the good nature that you know Josie, and yes, she's kind of a hard-ass in the pilot a little bit. Oh, she's a total hard-ass, and it's awesome. But you know she has the heart of Josie McCoy from the comics. Oh, sure, she just ain't putting up with Archie's shit. You know, it's funny, the the thing that you guys were talking about before with Jughead that I'm going to cut, so I'm not going to repeat it right now. Um, That dynamic that you describe is literally exactly the dynamic that they gave Josie and Alexandra in the most recent comic book reboot. And so as you were sitting there describing it, I was like, huh, that's an interesting direction. Huh. We need to see Alexandra on this show, too. Oh, totally. I, that's actually the thing that I'd like to see before I see um, uh, Sabrina, because Sabrina, I think, would be a, like a sea change on the show. Yeah. But um, isn't Alexandra psychic or something in the comics? I don't know. She's not in the most recent one, and I don't think okay. she was in the comic books, but it would make sense with like the weird skunk stripe that they had something going on with her. Maybe it was the original comic she showed up in. I know I didn't make that up. Hmm. but And then there's uh, her brother, and then there was like Alex M. or something. Alan M. Alan M. Yeah. People are Betty or Veronica. I know. Who, Sorry. Do, you, who do you side with? Cheryl. Oh, really? Uh, so in the question of Betty versus Veronica, I'm you going with Cheryl. Cheryl. Yes. I'm, go- crazy I'm going to go out to the movies with Cheryl and have a good old time. I don't think Cheryl goes to the movies. I don't think Riverdale Cheryl goes to the movies. Then I'll hang yeah, out in Cheryl's think- awesome red bedroom. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was... haven't seen that yet. Though. No, it's in the promo photo that they released today. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, we can talk I, I about like. I kind of feel like she's, like, when you're talking about going out and having an awesome time, I feel like she's, like, the, the person who, on the first date, wants to go someplace and, like, play rock. Oh, see, I was going to say, I, <laughs> I, I feel like her version of a good time is, like, we go out, we drink a little bit, we hit a hobo in the car on the way home, exactly. we bar- marry him in a shallow grave and <laughs> agree to never tell anyone our secret. And then he haunts us one year later. And then it's like, you can dye your hair red and put on a football uniform and you can pretend you're Jason and we'll make out. That's what she'll say. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's it's creepy, right? That like they make the only other ginger kid in school wear the dead ginger kid's jersey to go play football. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and it's not even like a. It's like he throws the number at him, and Archie's like, "Dude, that's not cool." And he's just like, "Deal with it." And you sit here yeah. and go, "Why aren't there like fifty extra unclaimed numbers on the team?" Yeah, I'll be number 12. I don't have to be number 9. <laughs> Just because you have this jersey made, let me stitch a new number onto this thing. That's that's a bit much. Yeah. That, uh, was Maybe you guys can tell me, maybe you can't remember, but um, to your point, Craig, about, uh, about Cheryl, 
one of the interviews, and I think it was actually my interview with Madeline at Comic-Con, um, but it, it might have been somebody at the table. Um, like a year ago. <laughs> somebody, yeah, right? But somebody <laughs> was talking about the idea that, like, Archie, like, part of his whole, like, chronic inability to be decisive is that he literally, like, he'll chase any girl who kind of catches his interest at the moment. And they did specifically name drop Cheryl. And so uh, I don't know if that was just, like, listing off all the hot girls in town or if that's a story that actually is going to get pursued. Well, what I can could, could tell you from our interview with Madeline is uh, there she, – she wasn't clear on if it's reciprocated, but she says there is some flirting from her end at, her end at Archie to see if there's anything there or if he's interested. And she was of the impression that it was, there was going to be more of that. Is there anybody in Riverdale who is not into Archie? Josie. Oh no, Josie totally wants Archie. No, she just won't admit it. No, Josie, like Archie, bugs her on such an insane level, and I love it. I still think she'd go for it. I I I don't think that she would. Oh, Archie would go for Alice Cooper. He likes older women, and she was on Twin Peaks. He definitely would go there. Yeah, but Alice Cooper doesn't want that. She doesn't even like him hanging out with her kid. That's because she wants him for herself. Oh, you're terrible. And if and if she was able to bed Archie, that means she could control him. And you know she likes to be in control. She's a married woman. Show some respect. How dare you? To her husband has like no lines. My question though is is how Locked long before everybody is speculating uh, the 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 Duncan Kane thing that like oh is she so disapproving of Archie because she's secretly his mom? Oh, oh. no, no, because his mom has to be a redhead, which is why Molly Ringwald's coming in. That's true. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. And you're right. Since everybody knows that, I don't think that we'll ever get to that level of fan conspiracy theory. Oh, my God. Molly Ringwald and Dylan McKay had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the adults in the show are all actors that we knew what they looked like as teenagers. Oh, I know. Not all of them. Yeah. Marisol was in Vegas Vacation. Really? She was Audrey Griswold. Yeah. Really? Yes. Huh. I I never would have guessed that in a billion years. I but totally the other had no idea until I was like, she started following me on Twitter, and I like re- reflexively checked her IMDb to be like, should I know her from something besides Riverdale? She was also <laughs> my friend refers to as the hot partner on Blind Cop. I guess she was on a show with a blind cop, and she was the hot partner. Huh. Seems like he couldn't appreciate it that much. <laughs> hey, you know. Maybe he was blind like Daredevil. True. See Are we going to see like a Daredevil? No, I'm going to see no. the Punisher meets Archie. I do. Live I, action. I, you know, Just get John Bernthal on. I don't want <laughs> John Bernthal anywhere near this show. <laughs> well, here's my thing, though. You know it'll never, ever happen on the show because both of these worlds take themselves way too seriously. But I would love for the two of them to get together and do like some jokey two-minute YouTube video at Comic-Con. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Well, I, I just want John Bernthal to walk into the Riverdale press room. <laughs> like, oh, wait, uh, what? Oh, oh, okay, I gotta go. Yeah. Uh, I was saying, I think it was to you last night, that I would love to see a CW promo where Cheryl just berates the other characters on the network. Like, they just walk into a room, and then, like, if they could still have her around, she goes up to Cat Grant and tries to be berate her, and Cat's just like, no. That would be fun. Oh, Cat Grant. Remember when she used to be on TV? 
Cut Grant was kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. still loving Supergirl this year, though. No, absolutely. I actually, I think the show is better, better. this year as yeah. a whole, but I do think that uh, uh, something's missing in the personal life department because everybody at CatCo, including James, is so much less interesting than Cat. This is true. Most people in the world are less interesting than Cat. I like Snap Ricard. I like Snap Ricard, but happy. I liked him the first time when he was called Lou Grant. Yeah, that's fine. I, I like <laughs> Snap Ricard. He's just he's he's been in so few scenes that they haven't given him a chance to really grow. Like we saw for two seconds last night that he cracked a smile <laughs> and did his thing. Which we actually like, oh, he did something. I, I like that we actually saw him shooting one of his only scenes last night. I like, I like, I like, I, I am with him in the Venn diagram of things I care about in the morning. You Very bothering good. me is not on the list because I feel the same way in the morning, and I say th- stuff like that to people at work. They don't like me in the morning. Well, to keep this on the topic of Riverdale, yes, yeah. You think we'll ever see a crossover between the Archie characters and the Berlantiverse? No, I hope not. Like I know that, and that's like oh, that's like that sound that might sound mean, but like no, it's such a now listen. Arrow, Flash, Legends, Supergirl—they're all wildly different shows with wildly different everything, but none of it would make sense in Riverdale at all, at all, and none of it, none of the colors on any of those shows is muted nearly enough to exist in the Riverdale universe. It's too bright. Even Arrow's too bright. So we're not going to see Archie as pure art, the powerful, or anything like that? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I would go the other way. Like, I, first of all, yeah, I don't think that it will happen, and I don't really want it to happen. But if, if they ever decided like that was a thing that they wanted to do or that was a joke they wanted to have, I would just want to see like Earth Archie's version of Oliver Queen come in and like buy out Hiram Lodge. The Hiram Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> But like no joke, Oliver Queen would have like Amel would have to like shave, like get a really good shaved, like to bare face, like they'll just get Justin Hartley. Like that would be amazing. <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. Yeah. That I would go for. Joke, he's done like the most popular new yeah. show on television, so he's not yeah. going anywhere near. Good luck getting the okay from NBC to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So getting back to the Riverdale topic, yeah. Yeah, Do you that? think we're going to see Hiram Lodge in season one? I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. I, I I think we might see him in in like the finale. Like I think there will be a build to it. But honestly, I I think we will see him, and I'm I'm prepared to be like it's just I'm prepared for it to not be as big of a deal as I'm assuming it's going to be. Yeah, just because like cl- like obvi- okay, obviously there is drama among the adults. They all went to high school together. They were all bitchy to each other. But at the same time, like, clearly the focus is on the kids. And Veronica's dad is a big deal. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, they found a dead kid floating in the river. So really, is Veronica's dad a big deal? But I guess he is on trial. For killing Jason. No, I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) So I yeah I like I'm I'm assuming it'll happen. I don't know if it'll be like a like whoa, but I think it'll be it'll be cool. I fully expect them to do something interesting with it. Like I feel like if he's not there, then when you bring him in, you have to do something interesting. I feel the same way about Archie's mom. Like when when Molly Ringwald first shows up, I think that the story is gonna be a la like what they did with Felicity's dad on Arrow, where it's just like okay yeah we have to make it 
super clear that there's something really important about this character showing up. I don't know if it'll go beyond like that one Computer hacker. Pardon? I thought you were going to say Molly Ringwald has to be a computer hacker. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. I, I think that Molly Ringwald uh, should just be her character from The Breakfast Club. Oh my god, that would be a, if that was Archie's mom. And then when she goes and sees Fred, she calls him Dylan. It would be like our little secret 90210 crossover. It turns out she just has a severe mental disorder. And it'll be kind of like the Flash episode with the trickster where they have photos of like the trickster episode. You have these pictures of Dylan McKay surfing. With his crazy head and hair and insanely wrinkled forehead. (laughs) Get him, Dylan. (laughs) So uh, is there any other, I mean, besides like Sabrina, is there any obscure Archie character you'd love to see or any character you'd like to see more of that we didn't see a lot of in the pilot? Besides Jughead, obviously. Professor Flute Snoop, bro. Professor Flute Snoop. I actually, I just, we just did a thing at Screener of like confronting the Archie cast with obscure Archie characters for a video. Nice. And Professor Flute Snoot was my favorite. Because like, and I, I, I have to believe Flute Snoot is going to happen because uh, when I, when, when we presented with that name, uh, Madeline and Ashley, uh, Cheryl and Josie were like, and and I didn't it didn't even say it said Elmer Benjamin Flutesnoot. I just put his full name on there, and they were like, "Oh, Professor Flutesnoot, yeah, that's a real one." I was like, "Oh snap, does that mean he's coming?" But then, literally everybody else was like, "That is not a real name. <laughs> that is there is no way that there's someone in the in any universe named Flutesnoot." <laughs> I, I think I would like to see Alan M uh, because uh, in. Like, in the, in the cartoon, if you ever look back at the old Josie stuff, um, he was, like, age-appropriate to the kids, which didn't really make sense how he was, like, a high-powered music agent. Um, <laughs> That's true. And then in, like, in the, the, the Josie movie, they just made him ineffectual, and he thought he was a big deal. And then in the, com- the most recent comic, his relationship with Josie is just super age-inappropriate. Um, mm. So I would, I would love to see kind of how they tackle that character if they bring him in. How about you? I was I got, trying to find this character's last name. Is it Ethel Muggs? Because no. I know we're getting some Ethel, and, but I want so I want Ethel. Ophelia Glutenschnabel. Gesundheit. Glutenschnabel. Yeah, that was the original prototype Ethel Muggs character. The first time she appeared, oh, her name was Ophelia Glutenschnabel. Well, I... <laughs> That just makes me want to talk about Ethel because she she appears with she appears in episode three, I believe. I want to say, mm-hmm. but like I just want more of her throughout the season. First of all, for those who didn't know, she's played by Shannon Purser, she of Barb from Stranger Things fame, and <laughs> Ethel. It turned, believe it or not, Ethel uh, looks, talks, and dresses a lot like Barb. What do you know? As if they just ripped her right out of Stranger Things and dropped her in Riverdale, and I'm okay with it. Totally. I wouldn't mind seeing more Reggie, just because so far all we see is the douchey dude, bro. Yeah. I, like, I'd be curious to see, and I know that actor, Ross Butler, is, like, tied to another show right now, so. Yeah, didn't uh, Roberto say at TCA that uh, yeah. they do have more plans for him, but it's just a matter of scheduling? Exactly, Yeah. And I find it odd that uh, Casey Cott, Kevin, isn't a series regular. He's just a recurring guest yeah. star. 
Even though he's really good. Even though he got his own like cast photos, yeah. so you'd think that he would, but he is he is very very good on that show. I love. And I want more moose. Well, so does Kevin. Oh well, yeah, he does. But um, I liked that bit in the um, premiere where he's like. Oh, being a cheerleader is still a thing, and she's like, "Oh, being a gay BFF is still a thing," or something like that. That was that was that was that, that, was, like, that was a good shows game. how like fierce Cheryl can be. And, and then the, the Kevin's face is just like, I hate her. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I that's something I like about this show. I like how they play with the idea of calling out cliche things as cliche, like when Betty and Veronica kiss in the middle <laughs> yeah. of their cheerleading audition. And Cheryl's like, that's not, like, faux lesbian kisses aren't really a big deal now, so you're not really impressing anyone. I love the bit. It's kind of subtle. Like, early on when Veronica first shows up and pops, she's dropping all these stupid pop culture references like it's Dawson's Creek or something. And Betty just looks at her like, what is she talking about? And Archie just, like, follows along like, yeah, totally. And Archie (laughs) has no idea what she's talking about. Exactly. He has no clue. But it's funny He's that just Veronica. Like, yeah, pretty brunette, right? Yeah. Come hang out with me and my pretty blonde friend. He's like a puppy. Oh my god. He's like the dog from Up. <laughs> Duh. He's like, girl! <laughs> like, he's gone. But that's that's been a staple of the Archie character the for thing. 75 that's years. Archie. Like, the, it's silly when, it, when. If you don't know Archie comics, it's silly when you're like. No, so there's this guy named Archie, and literally every girl is into him. All of them think he's cute. All of them. It it sounds like it doesn't make sense, but that's... And and they're totally okay with him not deciding between them for 75 years. Yeah, which is crazy. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jughead's just there. He's like, I'm burger sexual. Yeah. Which I think I, I think if they go if they go like I because I know Cole has talked about quite a bit wanting to go the asexual route as the comics did. I, we were at, we were having a discussion in the office I think yesterday myself and a coworker between because she thought that she read that he wanted to go bisexual with the character and was, and was like what an interesting route that would be for the CW to take with like a male character. And I was like uh, it's it's asexual and I think that's. Far more interesting, and you've already got bisexual with Moose. Yeah, but I but I think going asexual with a character on the CW is so far out of their realm of anything they would normally do that it like I, th- I think it's fascinating, and I think that that would be such a really cool thing for Riverdale to be like because there are I can't think of asexual characters on TV really. Well, I like, mean, Quentin Lance went a couple years without getting any. That's Which Paul Blackthorne reminds us of the constantly. Same thing. <laughs> like the, the closest we've gotten was, uh, and I don't, I'm not a Big Bang Theory guy, but I guess Sheldon, Jim Parsons' character, was asexual for the most part. But even he's got like a live-in girlfriend and whatnot. Yeah, now. you mentioned uh, Big Bang and Russell Stark get the jitters. Oh yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't really watch the show. I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I just I'm know, that's like that, that's, that's my understanding of the character too. Is that he was for. But but what like, 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 Cole wants to do, wants to do Jughead, Jughead, would be something, would be something where, where it's taking the stigma of asexuality away. Whereas mm-hmm. with Jim Parsons' character, it was very much this dude is so socially inept that he can't score. Yeah, it was a, yeah. asexuality became like the butt of the joke. Yeah, exactly on that show. Whereas 
like it's not with the character of Jughead. It's not the butt of the joke. It's just that's who he is. Yeah, and, and I think. I, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say oh, I, I agree with you completely that it's so far outside of the the wheelhouse for the CW that it would be really interesting because like you would have built into the DNA of the show a major character who the shippers would just not be able to glom onto. <laughs> <laughs> sure they won't. So, okay, let's, <laughs> should we start a pool on how long it will take for the shippers of the show to start, like, turning on each other? Oh, my God, it'll be the pilot, because, I mean, it's built into the DNA of, of Archie. But, but oh, yeah. Can you really prefer, I mean, if you're a viewer, I mean, I... I can't really say, oh, man, I really hate Veronica, or I really hate Betty. You know what no. I mean? Okay, so like, then, I love- now I want you guys to tell me if this, if this is weird or not. I got to the end of the pilot, and I, was, and, I, and I wasn't like I pick Archie. Or I know I wasn't like I pick Betty or I pick Veronica. I was like, I don't pick Archie. He's going to have an STD. Yeah. 100% going to have an STD. All these girls seem to be into Archie. He has and no... Kevin. Yes, but he, <laughs> and he has no, like internal judgment mechanism with which to like he like he seems to have no self-control because he's sleeping with his teacher because she gave him a ride home in the heat one day and like, a volkswagen in yeah in, in a like, very uncomfortable place that's that yeah, is absolutely very that, like that poor both of them poor them but like as i got to the end i was like oh my god archie doesn't deserve either of you two wonderful people no, I, you I actually both do so much better. Go well, talk to Jughead. I don't know if you've seen online. There are people who are Betty and Veronica shippers. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course there are. There are people who are Jughead and Burger shippers. Are you kidding me? There's a ship. There's a ship for everything. I'm one of those people. I so what's what's Jughead the Archie Miss Grundy ship? Archie Dean, creepy people. <laughs> like, creepy Archie, like, flat out creepy people. <laughs> I don't want. I I can, I can I can never ship a teacher and a student together. That's just bizarre to me. Maybe it's because I'm old fashioned. I don't know. Just no, 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 no. Well, I, that's the the conversation I've had now. Is that like, yeah, all of the all of the girls on Riverdale are absolutely lovely, but every time I see them, I'm like, you are closer in age to my daughter than to me. Yeah, that's yeah. I realized that. Um... Like, especially uh, KJ Apple, who's only, like, 19, could be my son. Crazy tattoo. That's creepy. He's a kid. You know, like... Yeah, he, yeah they're, well, they're, I mean, that's... And, and they're, all, they're all so new and young, and... and some CW's going to turn them into CW stars. I hope they stay... I mean, this is us talking before the show's premiered. You know, we've interviewed all, if not most, of the cast... They all seem like such nice people that I hope they stay that way once the show hits big. Yeah. You know. I'm going to be sad if Ashley turns into a monster because <laughs> she's such a beam of light and happiness. Yeah. Oh, I love her. One of, the, one of the reasons that it's so great that Ashley just, like, lights up the room is because you know how people are. Like, the comic book people, it's like, hey, she's not exactly like the person that... Yeah. You're, you're going to totally get that with the Pussycats. Yeah. So having having Josie be kind of like the Emily Bet of this show, where it's like that unexpected person who just blows people away, I, I think is the like best it. way to keep, huh? 
you cannot dislike her. It's impossible. Yeah, and so I think that's the best way to like minimize the effect of those a-holes. And were you guys shocked when Ashley said she had no formal music training? Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Although she did say that like her whole family has been like actual professional musicians. Yeah, yeah but I mean, she has a voice on her. Like, um, I know it was mentioned at the press tour, so I don't think it's a spoiler that in episode two she sings "Sugar Sugar." Yes, and I thought that was a great cover. Okay, she told, did, she she's also uh, she mentioned. I, it'd be weird if it was a spoiler. They're going to do. She's doing "I Feel Love" by Donna Summer. Okay. And, like, I love that. So, like, when she mentioned it, I was like, really? I'm into it. Like, that's a great, that's such a great song. And I like that they're taking these older songs and putting a modern spin on them. Because, like, let's be honest, 15-year-olds don't know who Donna Summer is. They have no idea. Well, hey, if they're going to do this Riverdale 75th anniversary jamboree or something. Yeah. Or Jubilee, whatever you want to call it. I think it's Jubilee. Uh, It's... Do you think they'll do like a '70s throwback and do the cartoon theme? That'd be fun. Neat, sweet, groovy song. You're invited. Come along. Yeah, no, I I totally <laughs> want to see them do that song at some point. Although I don't know how it would fit into the like the musical stylings of the the Pussycats as they exist on the show. That's what would make it kind of awesome, though. I, I think that's kind of the beauty of the possibilities that they have for this, like they can get super meta and so many people won't realize it because they're either, they haven't read the comics or the younger audience, the Archie they know is the rebooted Archie. Mm -hmm. So they can make endless references to the stuff we read growing up. And like, we would be people being like, Oh, that's amazing. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? It was funny at the TCA panel for uh, Riverdale. Roberto was talking about how the movie people wanted to do like Archie goes through time as like a pitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. was Jughead's like, time, please. Right? Yeah. Oh, that was another one. Yeah. yeah. It, there were some weird pitches. So many bad versions of this show. I'm so glad we got the one we got. And you know, even the notion that this was almost a show on Fox, I think it fits so much better on the CW. It would. It, yeah. It could, well, because when they first announced it, was for Fox. Yeah, it, and it, yeah. like I think wasn't Ber, was Berlanti developing it for Fox? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was the same I, show just at Fox. Yeah, I because I distinctly remember him doing it, and then we, we were they announced that it was they announced that uh, CW ordered a pilot at Comic Con. Yes. I, I, I had just been at the had been at the Archie booth the day before because a publicist was holding. Uh, a bunch of a bunch of comics for me to come pick up. Oh wow! And I went to pick up. He's like, "Hey, uh, keep an eye on your email tomorrow because there might be something you're interested in." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "It's about the show." And I was like, "Yay!" Mm-hmm. And it, it's the kind of thing where you ask, even back then, when it was just a pilot order, there was no guarantee. I asked Ber- I asked Berlanti about it, and you'd see the joy. And like these are like the people making this show love the universe. They love the characters. They love Archie, and that is I. That's that for me. That's why it works so well. And this is very inside baseball. And this is something that most people who even speak on podcasts don't get to experience that we did when we went up on set. I don't think it's secretive to say they were still building new standing sets for like episode nine. That's usually a sign of a show where they're like, you know what? We're going to have a season two, three, four. Yeah. 
I mean, we've also been to shows. I'm not naming names. Second I mean, Chance, Frankenstein Code. What's it called? Glass Houses? Uh, looking Glass. Yeah. But you can go to shows where you know it's a dead show walking, and it's kind of sad. Oh, Minority and, Report. And you can oh. kind of pick up on the frequency of what's going on. Oh, stop That there will be terrible. no tomorrow for the series. <laughs> but We didn't go to no tomorrow. Ha-ha! <laughs> But either way, we'll be powerless to... Con- no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's no. not even nice. That's not fair. We haven't gone there yet. That's no, Friday. Um, no. <laughs> um, but no, like... But you could tell they felt like they're going to be there for a while. And they were and they were, they were, they were comfortable with it. Like... Yeah. I'm trying to, like... And they weren't hating the notion that they were all, like, quote-unquote, stuck up in Vancouver... The cast seemed to really... I mean, you look at their Twitter feeds and their Instagrams. I mean, even They're the adults the are taking pictures with them. Like, hey, we're all going to Machen's house, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like... I didn't get that vibe from the Minority Report set. Yeah. Like, Wilbur seemed happy to be there, and that was about it. Oh, I bet you Miss Grundy would get really excited over a show called Minority Report. Wait, What? That was a minor joke, and it didn't make sense. Minority and minor are not the same thing. Yeah. Forget that. You guys keep that in there. That'll be like somebody on our trip posted some of our Riverdale interviews and didn't edit it. And this should not go in. Yeah, no. Okay, then this won't go in. So you have to delete this. But the part where of the time, Russ. But the part where I ask Lily about would Joey Potter be one of her personal heroes is kept in there. Okay, that that can go. Yeah, like that's a funny story. Okay, because. I mean, let's be honest. As much as, Russ, you said earlier, everyone's kind of made the Twin Peaks comparison, and they have, and they're right. There's also a bit, there is a big Dawson's Creek vibe to the show. Well, I'll reluctantly admit I've never seen an episode. Oh, wow. Well, that was one of the first, if not the first, major TV series that Greg Berlanti worked on. Interestingly enough. I did not not remember that. But, yeah, um... I only read it Wesley Ship told me, like, during an interview, because I asked him about the Dawson's Creek thing in The Flash. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you know, um, but I asked her if Joey Potter would be one of her personal heroes, and she's just like, who's that? And it made me feel so old. It broke my heart. I felt like I was 59 years old. And a creepy old person. And just a creepy old dude. Yeah, we just felt like we were like the male version of Miss Grundy. And Doubly so for me because, like, even though I didn't watch that show, I remember being, like, I don't know, 21 or something when that show was on the air. And, like, you get that, like, oh, yeah, like, Katie Holmes is super hot. And that was the first time that I remember thinking, like, she's probably too young for me to think that. Um, See, I, I was lucky enough to not have that problem because Dawson's Creek was on when I, like, whereas, like, high school kids now will have Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Like, Dawson's Creek was on when I was in high school. What year that did you graduate high school? 2000. It went. I think it went through two thousand one or two because it was in the first, last couple of years. Were into my college. I graduated ninety five. I remember that because uh, we didn't get TV channels in my dorm, but they did in the other dorm. And this other dude who also liked Dawson's Creek. It was two, us two dudes and a bunch of women, but he would record it on video cassette tape every week and bring it to me in a class we had in common. And now 16 years later, we're three dudes in our 30s talking about Riverdale. That's right. A teen... A teen-oriented soap opera. On the CW. I will say, also, like, I love... 
obviously I love the superhero shows on the CW, but in a way I felt like the varying degrees. Yeah. But I think the pendulum had fallen too far away from the actual straightforward drama. So it's kind of nice to have that. It also has fallen away from like the TV in general, I feel has fallen away from the high school drama. Right. Like, there aren't really any high school dramas. Well, Degrassi is in, like, season 36. Yeah, but that, is that even on TV yeah. anymore? Well, it's Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah. Like, part of the problem with that, though, is that, like, or part of the reason for this, not the problem with it, is that, like, how many teenagers do you know who are actually watching television? Like, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the other question. The ones who right. love Teen Wolf. True story. There we go. That's, that, I mean, yeah, like that. Well, and that's the thing, and that's why that 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 in and of itself is my only fear about Riverdale. Prior to this year, every CW show was so accessible via Hulu, mm-hmm. and now they're only accessible versus the awful garbage dumpster fire CW website player. I hate it. It's I don't so know. Bad. I watched Supergirl on it. I was okay. Oh. I can watch uh, half an episode of any given thing before I get frustrated and turn it <laughs> off. That that's I've never tried the CW app, but the whatever the equivalent is in Canada is how I watched um, Supergirl the week that we were up there, <sighs> and that that was that was not good. An adventure, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but it it's this is the kind of, it's the kind of thing where. Kids don't watch live a lot of the time anymore, but I hope, I really hope they find it on on demand, if nothing else. And this is also going to be another one of those CW shows I think people are going to binge after the fact on Netflix, etc. I'm going to, and I'm going to watch it week to week, Yeah, still. I mean, but you have those shows like The 100 or iZombie that I think do even better on Netflix than they do Probably, live. yeah. Well, and that's how people, especially that's how younger people are watching TV now. It's when they want it, not when you want them to want it. But here's a weird question. Do you think the average viewer could randomly tune into an episode of Riverdale and be able to follow it if they haven't seen what happened before? I mean, we have yet to see an episode that has a previously on Riverdale tag at the beginning, so I guess it depends on how well they cover what's going on. But at the same time, like I think if you look beyond the murder mystery... It's, it's a fairly simple conceit. It's kids in high school. Some of them like each other. Some of them don't like each other. Some of them are a bitch. But they're, it's, they're teen, it's a bunch of teenagers. Pretty young people with problems. Yeah, and yeah. serious problems. <laughs> Man alive. And yeah, I, There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I think that uh, ultimately... It's like high concept wise, it's so accessible that I I don't think people will be turned away by the like 10 minutes per episode that's dedicated to a recurring plot that they might not have seen part of. So what do you think the ratings will be like on Thursday? Like the live ratings overnights? Make a guess. We'll see who's right. Come on, highest rated show on the CW. Eat it, The Flash or whatever. It's the Flash, right? The Flash is the top show on the CW. I, think so. I mean, I like to see it at least rival the like how how much how much lower than the Flash is Supergirl. I'm bad at rating. Supergirl's at like two point six million right now. What's the Flash at? Flash is usually close to two, I think. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like ratings are bullshit, and Nielsen doesn't make any sense. 
But well, let's hope Riverdale premieres to round four, maybe? I, 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 five would be crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. That what would Flash be... premiere at seven? I think really? so, yeah. No, yeah. I think it was like 5.7 million, but then DVR and all that brought it up yeah. higher. Fuck it. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to say 4.8. I'm going to say 4.2. Ooh. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I was going to say between 4 and 4.5 without really committing to a number. Um, but I think that probably beyond the pilot, it'll be interesting to see where it settles in. I think it'll yeah. probably settle in like around Legends of Tomorrow, like two two point one numbers. But it's so much cheaper than Legends of Tomorrow to make that people will be fucking delighted with that. That's so depressing, though, because it deserves to be like the most expensive show. No, no, not no, not even not even in terms of price. Well, Molly Ringwald's going to take the whole. That's budget. right. Yeah. Listen, man, Dylan McKay don't work <laughs> for free. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm like, I'm very much listen. I love the CW superhero shows, but like Supergirl's the one I really, really enjoy at this point. Supergirl's the one that I would get, and honestly, to even this season, especially Legends. Legends has greatly improved this season, but man, Riverdale's better. Based on what I've seen so far, like, and not not necessarily just better, but like, it's more, it's so much more my speed because I love teen angst. As a thirty-five-year-old man, well, you know what I would really like. But I just wanted to oh, be sorry. Great. I just wanted to do high ratings. On the note of high ratings and that sort of thing, I think about what Fox did when they were brand new and they had nine hundred two and zero with uh, Dylan McKay. Um, they ran. Are you thinking Beach Club season of Riverdale? Well, I was actually going to say if they went back to production early, so we could get the new season started like a couple weeks earlier. That I think could get a lot of viewers in the fall. That wouldn't surprise me. I'd also like to see CW, the problem. The pro- prob- they they shut down in the summertime, mostly. That's the thing. They need to figure out better summer programming to keep people tuned in. And not just Beauty and the Beast episodes they shot a year before. That's dead now, right? Yeah. Good. Rain. Have, have they announced when Originals is coming back? Probably. I don't know. Anyway, I, care. I think it's coming think it's back within, back within, within a, a month. <laughs> uh, I saw it. So, like, so, like, April, May. All right. So, how would you rate the first episode on a scale of one to five hot dogs, five being best? Oh, man, 11 hot dogs. Okay. No, I know. Like, go ahead. Because it's. I don't know. Like, I had. Like, as I said before, it was like a religious experience. Like, I don't know if yeah. you saw me when this was happening, but You're like gritty. I was freaking the fuck out because I was like, this is everything I wanted it to be. And that's all I needed. No, I, I'm I'm in the same like I, I'm not as effusive about it as Chris is, but I feel exactly the same way. Like I this is my favorite pilot that I've ever seen in advance. Uh, because I've only really been covering TV about four years and, and so the only other like thing that just fucking blew me away months in advance was The Flash. Um, uh, I don't think I saw Supergirl that early, did I? Everybody saw Supergirl early. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I dug, I, dug, I dug Supergirl. I didn't think a pilot was as strong as The Flash. Fair. Um, that's, yeah, I would agree with that. But, uh, but anyway, point being, like, I, I'm totally on board with Chris. Like, I, this is my, like, I'm so fucking rooting for this show because uh, it's, it's my favorite 
like new thing that I've seen in a really long time. It's my favorite pilot that I've seen since I started doing this stuff. Um, and it's just, it's a show that like over the course of the four episodes that the three of us have seen, um, not only gets stronger, but it gets stronger in a way that doesn't kind of make the pilot look weak by comparison. Like it really does a good job of building momentum in an organic way. I know I shouldn't say organic, but. No, I agree with you completely. And it's like, you know, I said my initial impression was like, I'm not sure about the tone, et cetera. But after seeing it a second time and then seeing episodes two, three, and four, it's like, it, it's almost like TV crack in a way. It's like you want more because I want. I mean, more like so bad. it kills us. I mean, we saw through episode four like two months ago, and it's like, when is episode five going to arrive in her mailbox? Well, yeah, if like, ever. And it, <clears throat> the, the weirdly enough, the, the 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 crack correlation is kind of apropos. The moment that disc landed on my desk, like I cleared my calendar for the rest of the day. I was like, nobody talked to me. I have to. <laughs> My boss was not happy about it, but hey, you know these are the struggles we make. And I think the and I think I don't know about you guys, but for me, part of the reason I love it so much is that I had a legitimate fear that it was not going to work. Like I was very mm-hmm. scared that it wouldn't it wouldn't turn out to be a very good show. And you don't like as this is something we all grew up with. You don't want that to be the thing where it's like oh it's it's. You if don't it want it to be been, the last Airbender movie. Yes, if it would have yeah. been fine, like if you would have went and been like, okay, that was fine, that's a failure. Yeah. No, I feel but, the same way, and especially like uh, I had that kind of experience. Not that the pilot ever got made, but um, talking to people behind the scenes about Booster Gold, and I'm like the Booster Gold guy, mm-hmm. um, and so I was so goddamn excited when they announced that that show was going to be coming, and then when I talked to people who had seen the script. It was like, oh, and I just really didn't want to think about the prospect of uh, there being a Booster Gold show on TV and me hating it. Well, it was like a couple of years ago. That's when... why I'm super glad yeah. I love Gotham. If, <laughs> if, if I would have hated Gotham, oh my God, I don't know what I would have done. I know a lot of people don't like Gotham, but it would have hurt if I wouldn't have loved that show because Batman is my shit. But I remember how disappointed I was when NBC was doing Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! But it... But it's still kind of like, it was time for a good Wonder Woman TV show. And the way that it was put together was horrible. I mean... That was Adrian Palicki? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've seen part of it. Okay, it's not You know what? It's better than the Aquaman pilot. I like the Aquaman pilot. Oh, Lou Diamond Phillips in a boat? And don't forget Ving Rhames. It should have been called Lou Diamond Phillips Takes a Boat. With Ving (laughs) Rhames. Sure. And Justin Hartley. Oh, Christ. It makes no sense. Green Arrow is Aquaman. It's true. Uh, see, and, and for me, I just think, like, Green Arrow and Lou Diamond Phillips. I, I, I want to see Justin Hartley playing Penny Can with him. Ooh. I'm into it. And Snapper Car. That's yeah. true. Well, that was actually a question, because I like to just burn my questions in totally irresponsible ways at, at Comic-Con. But, yeah, no, at, at Comic-Con, I actually asked Nick Zeno whether, uh, whether his character would... Uh, would beat uh, Snapper Car at Penny Can. <laughs> I like it. And then I, like I did the same thing when I when we were at when we were at Supergirl and like nobody was asking Ian something. Like there was that awkward break between questions. I just asked the Cougar Town question. You mean that uh, that awkward break after a stupidly long day? We're like, can we just go home? Do we really? 
Listen, I know we all want to talk to Supergirl, but it's midnight. <laughs> it's 5 a.m. I feel like I live in the alien dive bar now. I feel I feel like this whole part is going to end up deleted. I'm sorry. But I was just remembering how long that day was. I just love that I have, like, winning scores on the, the well, board. Yes, well, I, kill, I killed it, Frogger. I, to get back to the circle back. Uh, okay, start over again. Start this thought. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I was going to circle back to Riverdale. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what do we got left for Riverdale? We're almost done. Well, well are what, we ready? What did you think of the pilot on a scale of one to five? I thought it had five hot dogs and a Vader. Five cheeseburgers. Well, hot dog is Chuckhead's I dog's know. name. So, no, I, I thought it was I, really good. I have, mean, they have to introduce hot dog. The more times I see it, the happier I get. And that's just so. That's the weird thing. Yeah, I, I rewatched it today for the first time since whenever the last time was. When they sent the screeners, I rewatched from the beginning right. straight through. Right. And so in re- right here, there you go. In rewatching it today, like I, as I was, I was while I was writing something else, I had it up on another screen, and just the hearing the dialogue as I was writing was making me gleeful. Like I'm like I just I it creates such an interesting world that I want to watch unfold. Which you can't you. We all know we've all seen a number of pilots where we know what pilot problems are. For me, this didn't really have those. It built an interesting world that I was interested in seeing more of. Do you wish we could actually eat at Pops? I'm, listen, if we can't by next year, I'm going to be pissed. Because that was an amazing set that we can probably post more pictures of very soon on our respective website. So, in conclusion, should we remind our listeners where they can find us? Sure. Uh, you can find me writing about comic book TV shows a lot at ScreenerTV.com. Screener. And what is your Twitter handle? Uh, I am at Chris Hayner, C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-A-R. It's also me on Instagram. Oh, and just because I want to promote something that I love that's also me is uh, on Instagram, look up at Waterworld Photos for pictures of the Waterworld stunt show from Universal Studios Hollywood. And I speak as somebody who got drenched at Waterworld at Universal Studios Hollywood. It's fantastic, right? It was. It was very cold, but it was fantastic. Russ, do you ever make your way out to California? Uh, rarely. Um, I, I I need to do it more. You gotta when you we'll do, go to Waterworld. Go to Waterworld. Wasn't it? Uh, cold? I, I definitely want. I'm subscribed to your Waterworld photos Instagram account. I totally <laughs> want to go there. It's closed until April right now. Refurbishing. <sighs> They're refurbishing a Waterworld attraction. That is the greatest thing, right? They're like they're gonna turn into something else, and you're gonna cry. No, so I went last weekend, <laughs> and I, I I looked over the barrier wall, like the pardon our dust wall, just to make sure that it was still there. Because <laughs> I was afraid. And Russ, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at comicbook.com, uh, or in the spirit of his Waterworld thing. Uh, you can track me down at the Emerald City Video Podcast, which is a podcast that literally almost nobody listens to. Uh, where me and a bunch of people who used to work at a video store that I managed in 2004 or so uh, talk about movies. And so basically a bunch of guys who used to work at a video store getting drunk and talking about movies and then reminiscing about the porn room. It sounds, it sounds like a Kevin Smith movie. Wait. Pretty much. The Emerald City podcast isn't about Emerald City, the show? <laughs> <laughs> I legit thought it was. 
it's the Emerald City Video Podcast. Maybe there's an Emerald City Podcast that is about the show. Oh, no. Okay, Craig mentioned earlier the Emerald City. He's, he has, like, the Emerald City Podcast. I was like, right on. That's why he only I has three did, listeners. I didn't realize <laughs> he was such a big fan of the Wizard of Oz remake. No, but, no, I haven't seen that yeah. yet. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody's seen it yet. I've seen it. It's fine. But, uh, was- but yeah, so that's uh, – I'm at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E – or at ECV underscore podcast. Nice. And I'm Craig. I'm at ksatv.com. You're here at this place where people found this thing. At this place where the people found this thing, but there's also a URL on Podbean that's set up, isn't there, Russ? What is yes, it? Yes, which will be embedded on your blog. And, and okay. uh, the, it's, uh, the, the direct link for just this podcast is archidigest, all one word, dot podbean.com. And also, I do have a Riverdale Twitter feed. For my Riverdale posts. Is it Riverdale TV site? No, it's just at Riverdale TV. I'm not doing a website for it. I'm just keeping it at K-Site TV. But so if people follow Riverdale TV, they'll see just the Riverdale updates. And there's already 100 followers, so some people have discovered it already. Also, it was shouted out in the the pilot. Nothing's been posted yet, but follow Cheryl Blossom on Twitter at Cheryl Bombshell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I, I was like the ninth person to follow her because I did it right after I saw the Comic-Con cut like ages yeah. ago. Yeah, I, I brought that up when I was interviewing Madeline at the um, TCA and she's like, oh, I need to follow it right now. And she actually started following while I'm sitting there with her. They got it. They, they, there has to be some sort of plan for that. Yeah. So yeah, make sure you follow at Cheryl Bombshell. It'll, she'll probably just post a bunch of creepy photos of Jason or something. And like trashing her fellow classmates, like isn't isn't Betty a basic bitch? Is that some kids say? <laughs> oh, I'm not old, and I don't know if this is appropriate to bring up or not, but I'm going to go there. It's not them. <laughs> that whole dialogue from Veronica to Cheryl in the pilot about you've never been held accountable for anything was that intentional political commentary or not? Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and guess it was accidental political commentary. I think it was, I think that Trump is such an archetype of that sort of person that you can imprint things on him that aren't necessarily specifically about him because he has so few identifying qualities that aren't like self parody. Yeah. But it still was very funny. Like I think, like the second time I was watching, I was like, "Wow, this dialogue is perfect." Well, and to was, know that it was written a year and a half ago, well, it was also very strange when Cheryl started talking about wanting to build a wall around the lunchroom. Like I thought that <laughs> was over the line. But you know what? Can you do? I figured that was just like '80s sitcom, like she was going to do it with masking Murga. tape. Murga, 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 make Riverdale great again. Oh, this just took a terrible turn. That now I'm sad. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe Hiram Lodge was friends with Donald Trump somewhere, and that'll be the connection. Yeah, I think we. Okay, I think the Donald Trump did have an affair with Miss Twin Peaks, according to Secret. I said Donald Trump did have an affair with Miss Twin Peaks, according to the Secret History of Twin Peaks novel by Mark. Which David Lynch says he hasn't read. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I don't think David Lynch reads a lot. David Lynch is kind of awesome. Oh yeah, he's freaking great. But if I was him, I wouldn't read. I'd just be too busy being David Lynch. Is there any... Okay, on that... Maybe that should be our last question. 
Is there any director you would like to see helming an episode of Riverdale in the future? Kevin Smith wants to. That would have been my answer too. Like, yeah, I don't, I mean, he he says he's he he's really because <laughs> we I I I know because I believe you talked to him last week as well, Russ. Yeah. He uh, he says he wants to do he wants to write Arrow. It's the only one he wants to write, and he wants to direct Gotham. Riverdale, Legends, and it, like, so, like he just wants everything. He just wants to do comic, but he wants to do the stuff that he grew up reading, and like more power. Like he, like cl- I mean, clearly as we've seen with his two Flashes and his one Supergirl, he knows what he's doing. So why not? How yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of somebody like you. You mentioned Lynch. Lynch would be the pipe dream of like getting the guy <laughs> who did Twin Peaks to do this show. Get Angela Badalamenti to do the soundtrack for the episode as well. <laughs> that would be really funny to redub an episode of Riverdale with Twin Peaks music. I, I can see that. Uh, I mean, maybe I they could get to... Sean doesn't do that, I'm pissed. Yeah, me too. Uh, maybe they can get Sean Rode to do it. Didn't he direct the Dual Spires episode of, uh, of Psych? Another one of the best episodes of television I've seen. Not as good as the Riverdale pilot, but, you know. What, now, break, break, break it down for me, Craig. Which Smallville directors do you want to see take on Riverdale? Greg Beeman. See? I knew it. I knew you'd have one right off the top of your head. No, well, Beeman had a really good look for um, color, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually helped develop the Smallville color palette, and so I think he could be a very easy fit for Riverdale. There you go. And he's worked up in... Vancouver on shows like Lucifer, so why not? And I know that was a joke question, but I totally had an answer. It wasn't a joke question, because I knew you'd have someone, because you've always got someone. But I don't have an answer of who from Smallville I would like to see on Riverdale. Literally nobody. Allison Mack. (laughs) Allison Mack can play the next teacher to start seducing the students. Into it. That's great. That would actually be kind of a weird, nice, like, bit of poetry. She can be the journalism teacher who sleeps with the students. Oh my god. Now, now in Riverdale, the show, it's Betty's mother who owns the newspaper, right? Uh, yes, or at least. But in the comics, it's Mister Mantle, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say because a lot of these questions haven't been directly addressed in the rebooted, or at least I haven't noticed them slash remember them directly addressed in the reboot. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what elements of the world they bring in. Like, you know, will we ever see Jelly Bean? That sort of thing. I mean, I gotta believe, like, the sky has to be the one at this point. Look at all the people Berlanti has brought into Arrow and the Flash. What about Archie's cousin, the secret agent? We're on, like, our 19th speedster villain at this point. I think think they're fine with digging deep to bring in cool characters. So we're gonna see that Wilkin boy soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you. I think Archie could do no better than to have Wild Dog. I mean, <laughs> oh. well, you know, before we before we see Kiss, I think we're going to see Alice Cooper on the show. She's in the first episode, bro. No, I mean the other Alice Cooper I know. too. Uh, I think it's, it's I feel like that's a little too precious for for Riverdale. I mean, it, it feels a little eye zombie for me. Um, yeah. As in, literally, <laughs> I Zombie did that. <laughs> we yeah. got the other Rob Thomas. Yeah, and uh, the Goldbergs has this whole running gag this season about the other Adam Goldberg who's kind of a dick. Wow. Nice. 
which is kind of funny. That seems right. Yeah, so it's good times. Well, so we had a good time doing this first show. Hopefully, Archie Digest. Archie Digest, and when we do a long one, it's Double Digest. See, I pay attention. Did you give an actual sign off? Oh, I well, I don't think you did. I think we got sidetracked to talk about how long. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Archie Digest. Um, hopefully you'll be back. Hopefully you guys will be back and I'll be back. Do or do not. There's no try. I mean, (laughs) probably do not. Like I, I can try. I'm just kidding. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. I mean, and hopefully you get some other people involved, you know, who can, who'd like to chat Riverdale. And I mean, if people like it, um, leave some comments, share the podcast you know, um, the only way these things can grow is if people share it. And, you know, we'll keep talking about the show as long as it's good. And we can guarantee you that for at least four weeks, the show is quite good. Oh, this show's going to be good for 97 seasons. Watch out, Supernatural. <laughs> We're coming <laughs> for you. Say that now. All right. So thanks again for listening. And we'll see you soon. Goodbye from Riverdale. Aww. The town with Pep. Yeah.